0: Hello. Yo,
1: hi. Here we are. Hello. Hello.
0: Hi. Tawny.
1: One one strike newsome.
0: I don't even know the, how to be a single strike gal. I only know how to be a double strike Oreo.
2: Whew, it's gotta feel weird. Yeah, how 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 will you focus? And Joey I don't Clift know. is here. Hi. Hi hey, everybody. Yeah, it's going.
0: Yeah, our good friend Joey Clift is here. Uh, As always, I'm Tawny Newsome, that's Andrew T, and we're produced by the illustrious Kevin Bartelt. Yeah. And we, ah, man, more people (laughs) in the Zoom window. That means we got a nice little four square. It's very satisfying.
1: I, here's, here's my time to confess. When it's just the three of us, I usually, like, stretch us out, like, real long across the monitor.
0: Like, hamburger style or hamburger? Hot dog. Hamburger. Hamburger. I do hot dog.
1: Really?
2: Whoa. Yeah. Okay. I do a
0: stacked column. I, I do a broad. I've,
2: I've got a Zoom question for y'all. Are y'all speaker view or are y'all gallery view when you're like talking to a bunch of people?
0: Gallery, gallery. all the time. I was gallery. Same, out.
2: same, 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 yeah.
0: Speaker view felt like a real early 2020 thing where it was like, oh, the person who speaks should be the big face. But then like somebody's dog would bark or someone just rustle in their chair. And then all of a sudden mm-hmm. it cuts over to them and they're like yeah. not speaking. <laughs> and it looks like I feel like I've been uh brought into a private moment and so i'm like oh i don't like that
2: mm-hmm. yeah i think that for me too it's like if i'm just like listening in a meeting but my microphone is on and like i cough and then all of a sudden i'm in the speaker view it's just like <laughs> <laughs> oh.
1: <laughs> i just yeah. put it on speaker view for a second i hate this i, did, I, yeah. I don't think i've ever done this okay i'm gonna do Ooh. this
0: yeah it's like a little sitcom
1: oh, oh this is weird yeah camera one camera two Hello.
0: Is this what you guys tune in for? Ah. Zoom hits in 2023.
1: Tawny, you scared me when you were on speaker view. You started speaking.
0: Yep, that's what'll happen. Speaker view be scary. Just in time for spooky season, a term Ooh. I hate. Um, <laughs> a term I hate. I love October. I love the fall. I hate the way adults run around calling it spooky season.
1: Oh, I'd rather you call it.
0: Cobwebs and pumpkin season. We
1: will be visited by the ghost of Halloween past. Yeah, the season of the witch, ooh.
0: See, that sounds cool and like punk rock and hardcore, and I like that. I yeah. don't like spooky season, because it sounds like I'm a I'm a tiny little baby.
2: Tawny, have you seen the video? I, I should have sent this to you when I saw it, because I immediately thought of you. There's like a new Target <laughs> jack-o-lantern that goes, I am not a jack-o-lantern, my name is lewis (laughs) uh i really love the chaotic energy that people are bringing to halloween decorations me too it's like that you can buy like you can buy you can buy 30 foot skeletons for your front yard
1: it's great my friends have them they're wild stuff got too stuff got too cheap and relatively durable like little leds and like things like that so now you can do all kinds of crazy shit
0: I don't understand how things got that cheap and that big when for 3 years we've been fed this whole supply chain issue rhetoric. <laughs> the reason why you can't fucking build a deck because it's going to cost you 30 grand cuz lumber is suddenly a premium, but you can mm-hmm. have a 30-foot skeleton. I saw a video of a guy with a Jeep with and the skeleton the 30-foot skeleton was like legs on either side of the wheel wells and looking as though the skeleton body was seated in the back seat and the skeleton top out the like soft top roof. So he was like perched, like
2: that's awesome. <laughs> does it seem like he was transporting it, or just that's his life? He's the he's the skeleton guy.
0: He seemed like skeleton, like in a almost like a horse drawn carriage. <laughs> like he was like sitting up in it. <laughs>
1: that's listen. That's on you for not making your deck out of skeleton.
0: <laughs> you know what, Andrew? And you done got me again. Um,
1: <laughs> There's a, you're just. And try to get the right. Re- you just need the right resources.
0: You're right. You know? I shouldn't have been making it out of treks or whatever. I should have been making it out of bones. bones.
2: <laughs> I mean, how how metal would that be? That's true. That would
1: be really yeah. cool. Deckington. Listen. Yeah, the yeah, point yeah. is. <laughs> the point is skeletons rock. You just you had yeah. a you had a you know. There's no supply chain when it's bones. There's bones everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Ooh, Dark boy.
0: This uh this show eventually talks about racism by listening to voicemails about <laughs> yeah. the, the aforementioned racism. Um with the help of a special guest, and this time yes. we have Joey Clift, our longtime friend. Welcome Hi back. Joey. What's been going on?
2: Uh yeah, hey everybody. Thanks so much. I'm excited to be back. Um yeah, what is going on? Uh I would say that the the big thing for me this year is that um I started working with a personal trainer to get buff. Oh, shit. Uh, and <laughs> I and, did not
1: think that's where this was going to yeah, go. Yeah. yeah, Hell yeah. yeah. And,
2: and also, I did it to train for my first and only professional wrestling match, which I wrestled. Oh,
1: in right. Wow.
2: Yeah. Wow. I did not die. Also, this is an audio medium, but uh, everybody on this uh, on this podcast can attest. I look
1: swole right now. I'm yeah. My muscles take up <laughs> yeah. the whole frame. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I had to zoom out on speaker view. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm not Although it is a speaker view. Too scary.
0: Did it uh Did it help you out there on the picket line? We were saying we saw you on the picket line a lot. Um, yeah. And now that the picket line is over, are you Ish. or for for WJ anyway? Are you looking for a place to use your large picketing muscles?
2: Uh, yeah. So I would say <laughs> that it definitely it definitely gave me a lot of really good cardio and. Yeah, I do feel like, uh, you know, like uh, carrying a sign is just child's play t- for me to this point. I mean, <laughs> um, after, after the WGA strike ended, I definitely broke my sign over my knee. Just, you know, Ooh, as, yeah. if it was t- as if it was yeah. a twig. Cool. Um, wow. Congrats. Although I, I got to say one thing that I'm really struggling with um, is like I'm working out a lot and I'm trying really hard to not make it my entire personality. <laughs> Boo, sure.
1: Make it your whole personality. Do it. Like, sure.
2: Like I'm very opinionated about protein shakes now i have a lot oh, of conversations no. with I was my gonna personal ask, are trainer about are macros. you in the protein shake world now and doing a bunch yeah. Of, uh, yeah 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 how's that been? oh yeah uh honestly kind of a nightmare <laughs> Really? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah yeah i mean it's like okay so it's like i feel very educated about it but it's so annoying that like um you know if i'm uh like you know on a, a date with my girlfriend or something like that and she like when we get a dessert and she's like oh you should have some of this like whatever she ordered. And I'm like, no, I can't. My macros. Yeah. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. Oh, God. I saw a friend that's last rough. night
2: who got a very fancy blender he was very excited about and he was bragging about. And then he said, does all kinds of things. It can even heat up a
1: soup. And then I went, dude, that's a microwave. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, yeah. Is that is the is the heat up the soup blender because the blades spin so fast, the friction, or is there something other to it? I, I think don't it's know. the friction.
0: There's not like a heating element. If it's a Vitamix, that's what I have. It's There's not a heating element in it. Do you so I use believe it to heat up soup? I've never heated up a soup.
1: So the pitch is, it spins fast enough to heat up soup? That seems crazy. So can yeah, you heat up water?
0: I think so, but I don't do it because I have pans and pots it just seems yeah. like it
1: would be so bad for like them any every part of it that's so <laughs> yeah. i guess i'd
0: just rather slowly heat up a soup in a pot with like a nice little spoon yeah like a it would be wine. so cool
2: to see tawny say like who's ready for some tea and then turns on her blender. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: we just we just gotta wait till it boils <laughs> yeah. shouting over it
2: i guess okay so this might be a controversial take I like to keep the things that I use to make soup and the things that I use to make like delicious sweet beverages separate. I'm not sure if I yeah. want to like, not sure if I want to drink a smoothie and pull out like a noodle or something. You
1: know, that's this is why this is why Joey we call him two blenders. <laughs> you, got, you got the sweet blender and, and the savory blender. blender. Yeah, yeah,
2: I mean, I
0: think that that's and an maybe important. a spicy blender. Yeah, blender. I mean, yes. look, I,
2: it, it is. I secretly do have a third blender for spices. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well. Much like this podcast, we also keep our sweet and our savory separated. So
1: I, I do want to say just in case, because once again, we are while we we're recording this SAG is still on strike and there is a reasonable chance by the time this comes out reasonable, but not maybe super high chance that um, SAG will not be on strike. So in an effort to not have to record a panicked intro to today's episode or, you know, whatever, I just want to say for the record, as far as we know, SAG is on strike, but maybe they're not.
0: Um, but the sweet that I was going to mention was just, of course, that the writer's strike has officially
1: oh, ended. The yeah. strike has ended, oh, but the ratification sorry, is not yet completed.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so we're still waiting for uh, ratification of the votes and whatnot. But uh, very happy, obviously, that that strike has ended. Thank you Woo-hoo. to all our listeners for your support. and. Yeah, for sure. um, Yeah, we got a lot of really meaningful things in that agreement. The new agreement is uh, posted to the WGA website, I'm sure. It is. I think it's, 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 it's
2: on the strike website too. When you yeah, it's on the strike WGA website. New Deal. It'll yeah. pop up somewhere. It'll pop up.
0: Yeah. And there's nice, like, broken down, like, so if you don't want to read a bunch of like contractual legal language, which I found really dense and kind of difficult, they have a nice summary. They also have some nice bullet points of like where we were on May 1st versus where we ended up now. And it really, there were really a lot of meaningful um, movements yeah. that I personally wasn't sure we were going to get, but we did. Yeah. Um, I think it's
1: more than anyone thought we were word get could get it's not perfect but it's certainly better than i think anyone who knows what the hell they're talking about or don't uh yeah. estimate it
0: yeah it's significant
1: when
2: i think of the strike it's such a cool like seeing you know what was um what the offer was in may what the second offer was in august and what eventually the wga got you know like a, like last week or a few weeks ago or something I think that it really is a testament to just like labor, the importance of labor action and the value of labor action. I mean, like, there are so many things that the WGA got that like nobody thought was possible, but that everybody banded together and so many like, you know, like fans of these shows like showed up to support and tweeted on social media. It's like, it's just so cool that like, I don't know, it's like everybody fought hard and got what they deserved out of it.
1: I know you organize a bunch of stuff uh, in solidarity with the Animation Guild or TAG.
2: Yeah, I'm a, a member of the Animation Guild, which is um, we're the union that covers, I would say, like kind of most aspects of animated production. So we cover a lot of, you know, animation writers, storyboard artists, directors, like timers, you know, background artists, and all that stuff. And, um, you know, because uh, there are so many great, you know, WGA covered animation shows, and also just like we have so many, you know, friends in the WGA and SAG, um, I really wanted to, um, you know, do what I could to like help, uh, you know, WGA members. You know, join the picket lines and feel like they're um, you know, also a part of this labor action. So I planned a bunch of or I helped plan um, uh, a bunch of Solidarity pickets where we got like 300 um, tag folks to show up at like Warner Brothers, like a couple hundred yeah, uh, it really uh, animation awesome. folks to show up at Disney, and um, we just did like a, a, tag, or a, a screen actors guild solidarity picket at Warner Brothers like a couple days ago where we got like around 100 people to show up. And, you know, that, I think that that's something that, you know, if you're listening to this and you're not in L.A., it's like this strike really felt like it was like not just an industry wide thing, but like a city wide thing. There were like, yeah. you know, school teachers who were showing up with picket signs in support of the WGA and SAG. And like, I don't know, it's just it's cool to see like so many people come together and, you know, to have, uh, you know, be able to like help. You know spur on folks like the animation guild to join was just you know a really cool thing to do and everybody was really enthusiastic to kind of show up and support
1: i mean both thanks for that and also as you know for any like to the extent that wga people are like um you know listening to this or like i i do you know so many other unions helped us out um mm-hmm. and i My worry, my worry is that like, I feel like WGA has a reputation and hopefully it's not a earned reputation after this of like being like not being as helpful or in solidarity with other folks as, you know, we should be. (laughs) So we can't forget this. That's what, you know, because TAG is um, coming up, right? Or or just broader IATSE is coming up.
2: Yeah, so uh, IATSE and TAG, um, both of our deals expire um, I want to say, like, July 31st, 2024. So we got about, mm-hmm. you know, like, nine, ten months or so till our deals are coming up. And, uh, yeah, you know, so I, I think that, like, you know, the, the, the hope is that the solidarity continues for future deals. Yeah. yeah.
1: All of this energy, writers that you're feeling, or WGA writers that you're feeling, like, fucking remember this because yep. everyone is getting it when, you know, we're all... It, it helps it, it's just the only way to win is to it in solidarity so yeah. fucking remember this although uh counter to that it would be very funny if
2: the other unions went on strike and the wga re- released a statement that was just fuck you got mine
1: <laughs> i just will say now that the strike is over that was my distinct worry with many of our membership and it remains my distinct worry <laughs>
0: Unfortunately, now there's a lot more understanding of, like, yes. there's just so much more literacy around unions and labor and what your union can do for you that at least the people before who were, you know, the members before who are not evil, who were maybe just a little ignorant or maybe feeling a little like, oh, what can I even really do, now really understand the importance yeah. of solidarity. So yeah, I think, yeah. barring the, and few the power, assholes,
1: which is assholes— yeah.
0: Yeah, I think for we sure. mostly like, have a yeah. body of people that are like charged up and like, oh shit, this works. And now I know how it can work. And now I know yeah. how I can help support.
1: Yeah, when I
2: I feel I feel pretty optimistic. I mean, it's very obvious. It's like, you know, the the Teamsters were so key in the WGA and that like they just flat yes. out like um Lindsay Doherty, I'm um, one of the people in charge of the Teamsters just flat out said Teamsters don't cross picket lines. So yeah. like if right. there was like a physical picket line set up on a production of WGA writers and SAG actors, the Teamsters would just say like, well, we're our, you can't yeah. we're not going to drive our trucks in and driving the equipment and like that's something that you know i feel like all the wga folks that i've talked to have definitely like had this attitude of like oh we owe the town big like you know yeah Yeah. yes and and like i i think that that's like apparent and yeah you know like the i hope (laughs) don't
1: forget that in two weeks yeah i wish i had more faith in all of us i i'm (laughs) optimistic Uh, i should be more (laughs) i yeah
0: i have faith but also like someone was saying at um the big WGA membership meeting that uh, we went to on Wednesday, which Andrew and Kevin and I will talk about more at length in our bundle exclusive. We've been doing the picket cast in the bundle. We're giving you tales from the picket line. And now that's over, we're going to wrap that series up with a little tale from the uh, WGA membership meeting. So if you are a bundle subscriber at our suboptimal pods website, you can hear that. But um, what I was going to say from that was that uh, the teamsters, so when the teamsters, if the teamsters strike you know, it, for SAG especially, and I think WGA as well, we have a no no solidarity strike clause in our contracts, which right. means if the Teamsters strike, I as an actor cannot say I'm not going to yeah. work. I can try, but they can sue me because I'll be in breach. Yeah. but And so it's going to get tricky because we will be forced to go to work while still trying to support these strikes. But the Teamsters – so I, I heard a lot of people at the meeting being like, if the Teamsters strike and we're not allowed to, how is that going to work? And somebody was like, oh, if the Teamsters want to shut down a production, they just 100% will. You won't need to go to work because there will be no work to go to. There will be no trailers. There will be no yeah. food brought to set. There will be nothing. So don't don't worry about it. You know, Think of other ways to have solidarity.
1: Yeah, so that was thankfully. But yeah, yeah it, is, it, it is one of those things where, yeah, we do one thing we did not win that we were asking for, but, uh, you know, the negotiating committee wasn't able to win was the legal right to strike in solidarity with other unions, which is a bummer. Which is what the Teamsters have, which is why they're able to not cross picket lines. I just wanted to say, uh, just because we're in a little bit of news and we don't ever normally cover, well, whatever. It's it's usually racism stuff here. However, fuck Evan Newsom for vetoing yeah. um, the bill that um, would have allowed striking workers to collect unemployment insurance um there is no good reason for him to do this other than to support the uh bosses so truly fuck him keep this in mind i mean obviously like it, i guess if he is the democratic um you know nominee for president which he seems to want to do which is why he's doing this right wing bullshit um if he's the nominee obviously fucking vote for him but do everything you can otherwise to prevent that from happening cuz truly fuck him Sorry, I just wanted to say that I it was like tip of my brain. Wait, can I tell a Gavin Newsom story?
2: please okay so um, so i I got asked to like speak at this event um, where the big end of the event was like a like a Beach Boys concert, which was very weird. the entire event was kind of crazy but Gavin Newsom was uh, also there and he um, the concert got delayed an hour so that he could cut in line and uh, go and be the first person in the door. And then he decided to not watch the concert and he left. So, oh my God. So, oh. so he's the reason that I, uh, was delayed one hour watching, uh, a very depressing Beach Boys concert. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> Which I didn't so really weird. Want. I mean, I don't know. It was, it was very weird. It was a very weird thing, but yeah, so. Oh my God. So, Gavin
1: Newsom, not a friend to concert goers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not a friend to people just. Yeah. A- yeah. Bootlicking corporate chill. Anyway, truly fuck him. This is fucking, like, there's no good reason for him to do this. And he delayed the concert. Yeah, two, yeah. Two reasons to yeah, make sure he's Yeah, the he reason I had to wait one
2: hour, one extra hour to watch uh, 90-year-old Mike Love sing Barbara <laughs> Ann. <laughs> oh, gross. <laughs> In a room full of 70-year-olds. It was
1: such a weird
2: <laughs> thing Sorry,
1: to I should have said, said gross, but... Ugh. I don't know. It's okay. It's very (laughs) gross. (laughs)
0: Well, we all have problematic family members, and I, you know, I have my oh, that's problematic right. <laughs> uncle, my Uncle Gabby, and, you know, guys, it's just like we all have those people in our family, so, like, give, you know, give him a break. Um, <laughs>
2: yeah, he's really cool at Christmas every year. He always oh, gets
0: us Apple gift cards, which you think <laughs> you wouldn't be that great, but you always need something from Apple. You need them.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> Joey, tell us the fun thing you're here to tell us about.
2: Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I've actually I've got a couple of fun things I think I've uh, worked on since um, being on the show. Um, I'm a writer consulting producer on a really cool show called Spirit Rangers on Netflix that um, our second season just came out. It's um, the first kid show in the history of U.S. animation like created by a Native American person, the genius Chumash TV writer Krista Valencia with an all Native writers room, you know, Native characters played by Native actors. Um, Our second season came out a few months ago. Our third season comes out in 2024. And uh, yeah, check it out. I'm really, you know, it's it's a great show if you have kids. Yeah, And then um, uh, another thing I'm here to talk about is um, I uh, came out with a digital series uh, distributed by Comedy Central earlier this year called Gone Native. It was a a series of um, animated comedy PSAs about kind of weird microaggressions that Native folks often experience. Um, uh, Probably one of my favorites is a short called. Every time you say something is your spirit animal, you have to give every Native American person you know $25. Uh, <laughs> so far, nobody's been on me $25, but I'm feeling pretty, pretty, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, it's probably because they're just cool, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, you can check out um, uh, all, all the shorts at gonnative.tv. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, super fun to work on, and I definitely think you'll all dig it.
0: Nice. Um... Yeah. And was that like pretty much you driving it? Did you have like a writer's room? Was it just kind of your personal project?
2: Well, yeah. So um, originally it's it's a series that I've been working on for probably about the past five years. I think I've talked about a couple of the shorts previously on this show, mm-hmm. but um, we uh, basically got a, a bunch of grant funding to kind of finish the series and create um, three additional shorts through um, this really great funder called Pop Culture Collab. Um uh, like uh, last year, and then um, you know, closed out the series. I'm, I was definitely the creative force on it. I like created the series and wrote it and directed the episodes. But then we had a lot of really great, um, you know, native talent who's also part of it. We had like um, Ramon Zaragoza, who's one of the stars of Ghosts on CBS Voice, um, a short called, Dear legendary horror author Stephen King, instead of using Indian burial grounds in your books, have you thought about using European burial grounds? Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say time. that one yeah. is
1: perfect, perfect for a spooky Halloween. <laughs> yeah, for
2: Halloween. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, folks like Ramon Zaragoza, um, really good. Um, Marie Bowers is a really great uh, indigenous um, animator artist who um, did um, all the character designs for one of the other shorts. Um, Sienna East is a super funny comedian who... Um, also um, was in the mix voicing some of the episodes. So yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a lot of Native folks worked on the series and, um, you know, I wrote and directed all the episodes and um, they're all super short. They're all like two minutes long. And um, basically, it's just like an easy way to kind of like use comedy to educate people about those common like weird microaggressions that Native folks kind of run into so that uh, I don't have to have like a 20-minute conversation with somebody about why they shouldn't call a meeting a powwow and et cetera, you know? It
1: really is like a nice, like, it, it's you know, cause they're like funny and very honestly, very efficient. I was just like, Oh man, you just like zip through the, the, I guess the, like the meat of it and then like get to the jokes in a way that's like really great. And then they look awesome.
2: Oh, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, I think it's like, I mean, I'm sure y'all definitely get this in that. I feel like every marginalized community has those like five to 10 things that like people who aren't a member of that community will just ask you about kind of ad nauseum. Yeah, and it's like annoying. And it's like, sometimes you're just like, I don't really want to have this conversation. And other times, whenever you like have the conversation, it's always just like, "Ah, okay, so here's the deal with pretendians or whatever, you know. (laughs) And um, for me, it's just like creating a resource so that like, hopefully, non native folks can watch this stuff and be educated about this. And native folks can just have this as an easy share of just like, Hey, instead of like me having to explain to you why Indian burial grounds are like a weird trope in horror movies, watch this 90 second video, you know?
0: I was talking to a friend about this. It's This isn't a perfect like guiding thing, but we were talking about the difference between like someone wanting to get to know you through things about your culture and someone just having curiosity questions about your culture. And I'm always like, if you find yourself in that position, whether it's about anything, just any group you're not a part of, I feel like if you need to ask something that you could Google, obviously always go Google it.
2: But if
0: if you're trying to ask something that's more along the lines of, friend, how did you feel about this type of thing? Or how does your family experience this sort of thing? Like if they're personal, you know, uh, uh, feelings-based or experience-based things that you're trying to know, those tend to be safer to ask the person. It's not a perfect, like- Uh, You know, plan for it. But if you just take one step back and think, like, is this Googleable, or am I asking my friend how they personally feel about a thing that can be a good way to do it?
2: But I, I think that there's a difference between like for me, if like a friend of mine, if like a friend of mine who's like not native has a question for me about like, you know, the Indian Child Welfare Act or whatever, it's like I'm happy to talk about that stuff. What I don't like is when people that, like, I don't know, like, send me a DM on Instagram that's just like, Pocahontas, is that a weird movie? You know, like, yeah. <laughs> when it's kind of like, when it's. And of I am sorry like,
0: for DMing you, but I had lost your number for a minute, <laughs> so I do apologize.
2: It's okay. You and I are friends. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's like, I feel like sometimes, especially, if, like, I can kind of feel it sometimes when, like, I, you know, if I have, like, a meeting with a producer or an exec or something like that who's, like, not native. And they'll start the meeting by being like, oh, you're the first native person that I've taken a meeting from. And I can like kind of see them like wringing their hands and being like, finally, I can ask a native person (laughs) native questions, Mm -hmm, you know? mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's like, there's a difference between that where you feel like you're like a museum exhibit where you're like on display as opposed to just a friend being like, oh, Killers of the Flower Moon. Are you excited about that? You know?
0: Yeah. But again, like you said, that's a feelings-based question. That's a, are you excited about that? Not, is Pokemon as bad?
2: Or just Which, like, is Thanksgiving weird for you, or like whatever? You know, where it's like, oh, I'm tired of answering yeah. that question.
0: Um, I don't know. For some reason, if you're new to this show and don't know me, that was a joke. I did not ask Joey about the movie Pocahontas.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did Tawny really ask that? The answer is, I'm glad that Irene Bedard got work. I think that that's my <laughs> that's my my stance on the Pocahontas Disney movies. Irene Bedard is a very talented voice actress, and
1: she's native. Uh, so yeah, I'm glad she got a job out of it. <laughs> I mean, that's the Silver lining that is kind of like we land on for a lot of stuff and like yeah.
2: Also, also hot take, uh Colors of Ooh. the Wind, real banger song. Fucking it it oh, no. slaps, right? It just
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. I was like I was doing a karaoke night with a bunch of my like native friends and one of my friends like threw on Colors of the Wind at like one of one of these karaoke bars in LA and like The room fucking exploded. We were so like, oh, like so excited to sing.
0: Yeah, um, sung in the cartoon by Judy Kuhn, who is a white woman, but was an amazing uh, Broadway is is an amazing Broadway singer, real incredible. And a lot of people don't know the original Little Mermaid singing voice was Lea Salonga, a Filipino woman. So Little Mermaid's always been brown, y'all. You just didn't know it.
1: Anyway. I'm swallowing my Little Mermaid, not taken, moving on.
0: Oh, the Little Mermaid. <laughs> no, come on, I come on. I watched it a little too stoned, and it was too much for me. It was too real, but not, I did not like the real animals.
1: <laughs> anyway, I don't remember what we were just talking about.
0: Little Mermaid looks crazy. we were talking, right. <laughs> talking about how
1: you should watch my new digital series, God yes. Native, at gonenative.tv. Yes. Also,
2: Spirit yes. Rangers <laughs> on Netflix. Also... The actors deserve more money. Give them more money.
0: (laughs) All the things. All right. We're going to take a a quick break. And then when we come back, we get to the racism voicemails.
1: We're back. We did it. ad. I'm still chuckling. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I can't get it together. We're going to do voicemails. Let's do a voicemail. Hi. uh, Name is Derek uh white man from california suboptimal subscriber yes one of the good ones (laughs) um
2: i just started playing the new starfield game and the first character i created was a black woman with blue hair
1: 20 minutes into playing as that character i felt guilty and uh Created a new white man character. So um, you kicked
0: her out of a job. This
1: is as much as a question as, much as a self shame um, confession. But I guess, what's your take on video game characters in role playing games? Thanks. Bye.
2: So uh, I think my question for him is: uh Is he good at the game? Because if he creates a black woman character and she destroys the and she like rules the galaxy, then hell yeah. If he's oh, bad at the game, and she dies That's a constantly. great follow-up. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. If he's really huh. bad, maybe this was good. <laughs> yeah, if he's really bad, maybe it is racist. <laughs>
1: but if he's really good at the game, maybe it's yeah. not racist. <laughs> oh man, that's uh, a viewpoint I had not considered. <laughs>
0: I guess I'm just like, why is that the first character you made? And then, like, it's both weird that it's the that the first one you made was black but mm-hmm. then to abandon it is an extra weird decision cuz i'm like what were you doing with that black character that made you feel guilty <laughs> were you like putting on a voice were you making her do weird shit like what why did you suddenly feel guilty <laughs> is
1: starfield isn't one of those um, games you play i'm going to look it up now i could have looked oh, this up it up Oh is it a video game
0: or is it a Yeah oh, um, yeah, it's game. like a
1: so it's like a massively
2: or it's a it's an RPG like Fallout or Skyrim or something like that. Basically, you're uh
1: yeah. Wait, yeah is so it one like, of the ones you play with other people is my No,
2: it's like a it's like a single player game.
1: Okay. This guy could have just not told us any of this. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, I guess like,
1: like I get it because I I
2: um uh, I play a lot of uh, like a role playing game called Coyote and Crow, which is a really cool like tabletop RPG like created by a native person with like a, a native team and stuff like that. And it's like they get a lot of questions that are like, can non-natives play this game? Because like it, right. it takes place in like an alternate future where colonization didn't happen. So like, you know, essentially it's kind of like uh, North American Wakanda a little bit where it's just like, you know, very futuristic indigenous technology increasing to you know futuristic levels and like i guess I, I i mean i get the i think that tani you're for sure right in asking the question of why is that the first character you made <laughs> but i but i also get the like the feeling of like is it weird to do this i don't know
0: what yeah you all think. i also think like with the game you're describing joey sounds like something cool to just like look i don't play any of these types of games so i'm going to use the stupidest language possible but like To immerse yourself in a world you're not familiar with, that seems like a a cool way to immerse yourself in a world and parts of a culture, a thing made by people of color. That's a cool thing to do. That's like reading a book that a brown person wrote. And nobody knows what you do in your private time. And the point of not doing racially uncomfortable things is to, one, not do things that make other people uncomfortable, Or two, not do things that, like, further set in your own biases and and weirdnesses. But just, like, exploring a thing that maybe you're not exactly the target demographic for privately sounds, like, lovely, right? Because there's nobody there that you're going to accidentally make uncomfortable if you say something a little, in you know, ignorant or indelicate. You're kind of just, like, immersing yourself in a world you don't know.
2: Yeah, when I when I would say, everybody play Coyote and Crow. You don't have to be native to play Coyote and Crow. It's great. Um But I think
1: that's a little different too, because that's like a world where it's what it's, what it's I mean, about. Yeah. Right. Um Where whereas like like something like Starfield, which I'm just gonna assume is a modern role-playing game where you can fucking you Yeah, know, you can do whatever the, yeah. the detail on the character creation is like more more elements to a body than I am currently aware, even though I have a body myself. Yeah. Like I'm just like, oh yeah, this I didn't really think you could would change any okay sure i i partially the two reasons why i was like wanted to like hear what you guys thought about this question number one of course because tawny just played a uh role playing game like it was her job yesterday and it paid <laughs> me i did it was a
0: great wait i can plug it real wait, quick. Well the was charity it? thing is still up well i did a, a, a dnd type campaign uh with my friend todd stashwick uh, who I know from Star Trek stuff and we did it to we did a charity stream to support the Pavlov Foundation um which fights pediatric cancer and we raised like $32,000 last night. Wow. That was, like, That's insane, Tawny. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. It was it was an insane amount of generosity from all the fans and stuff. Like Trekkies are the absolute best. So even me who like didn't know how to play, Todd had helped me come up with like a character and um you know, it was like it was like fun. I definitely was like slowing down the gameplay a little bit because I was like, truly, at one point, I'd had two cocktails and I was like, I cannot count how many sides are on this die. I just need to hold them <laughs> up to the screen and you guys tell me which Left fucking right. shape I'm supposed <laughs> to Left roll right. right now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah. I don't know. I played some little you're, halfling. Yeah, your role play, role, role
1: playing toddies in the house. That's number one. Yeah. And number two, the the I had the realization while I was listening to this question that I think to me the answer is the nuance goes, it's not a big deal, except for anyone who really insists that it's not a big deal, it is they can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Like if you're really, really invested about like why can't I just do it? It doesn't matter. That's when it's a problem. <laughs> just doing it <laughs> is like whatever.
0: Yeah. The other thing, and maybe this is not common in those role-playing games, but I noticed last night everyone, like, described their characters, and no one was really talking about skin color. People were, like, talking about hair color and, like, other defining traits, but there was one other black woman on the stream. There was Mika Burton, and then everyone else was white, but, like, nobody was, like— my character has brown skin the color of mocha, like the earthen sky or whatever the fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Can you you handle that? (laughs) No, everything was just like, oh, yeah, she has pink hair and she's like a warrior and she's got this cool horse, you know. So I don't know. But I guess if you're creating a visual, if it's like a video game thing and you have to pick colors.
1: I will just say, I think this is going to be the unpopular opinion because I think everyone here loves uh, fantasy and sci-fi or some version of it more than me. I which do is not love fantasy. I uh, actually okay. don't oh, love fantasy. Or sci-fi. That's why I said or sci-fi. <laughs> like, you can't put them together. Well, I can in this regard, which is I d- I do think that a little bit of the reason why like people don't bother parsing um like human race things is because so much of Again, more fantasy than sci-fi, but a little bit of sci-fi sometimes. You know, I know contemporary sci-fi is like breaking out of this thing. But it basically kind of assigns racial stereotypes to aliens or different oh, fantasy sure, sure. type things. And so that's why, uh, that's why there yeah, is less yeah, sure. like a, like, it just doesn't matter like what type of person you are. Or people concentrate on that less because it's like, I'm half orc yeah. and I'm... Dealing with yeah. all, you, you don't understand. I don't fit in two cultures. That kind of that yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah, and there
0: is a a lot of like mono traits for races as opposed to yeah, you know.
1: And I'm aware that people who are writing this stuff today are aware of that and are breaking out of it, but still, I feel like there's like a World of Warcraft race
2: that's like bison that are sacred shamans. Yeah, transformation is just like yeah, but I, I think that. I think that to this person's question I think that it's like there's a way to do that like I guess that I always try to think about this in terms of like okay if this was like a non-native person who created a native character in a video game I think that like if in their mind whenever the character talks they're just like hello, I have a legend from the ancestors to tell you, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, or whatever. Yeah. It's like, if they do it, if they feel like they're doing it in a way that's fetishistic, Yeah. then, like, then, yeah, that's for sure racist. But if they just do it because they think that that's, like, a cool character design, then, like, uh, go nuts. Yeah.
1: Again, yeah. I think it's, like, go nuts until you're, like, really spend a lot of time justifying your choice, <laughs> and then you're, like, now you're yeah. in the wrong <laughs> Yeah, like yeah.
2: that's the the second that somebody says like as somebody who plays a native character yeah. in World of Warcraft, I have
1: opinions about the Washington <laughs> D.C. NFL. Yeah, team. it's a you know it you know it when you see it sort of. Yeah, I was just thinking, yeah, because yeah, there's that new Mortal Kombat game out too, and then there's that character oh, yeah. in Mortal Kombat that's just like native guy. <laughs> oh yeah, Nightwolf. Yeah. yeah, just a little like. Uh...
2: I mean, it's tough because like I feel like native. Native representation has been so poor in, like, all of media for so long that I remember as a kid being, like, Nightwolf, hell yeah. (laughs) I mean, yeah, (laughs) totally. Or, like, Tarak rules, because it's like, oh, he's kind of it. But then I think, like, as I've grown up, I've started to realize, like, oh, I mean, like, it's cool that there was native representation in video games when I was a kid. But now that I'm older, I'm like, but maybe he's not the best representation. Well, it is a little like when
1: you're a kid, especially, you just kind of take what you can get. You yeah, know, totally. like, yeah, like fucking Liu Kang is not <laughs> the best thing for my brain to have been the only Chinese character <laughs> I could think of, but you kind of like it for a little while and then you're like, eh. then you're like,
2: I think I, I think I like this cause I have to like
1: yeah. it. And then that's when it like feels yeah. weird. Yeah. It's like, you know, the limits of representation. Yeah. We're yeah yeah hitting it all the time, I guess, but yeah um and video games, which I don't know anything about except for the amount that gets um I, I watched some amount on YouTube so I have a sense of what's happening <laughs> like a psycho. okay, Joey, thank you so much for being here. Also, I did want to say I remember you had you had mentioned um because the the first comedy central parts of this came out early, right? Yeah, honestly, um,
2: the, the, I mentioned this. This is a series that I've worked on for um, probably about five years. Like the first short came out in 2018. The second short um, came out in around 2021. And then the last three shorts came out um, sort of like end of 2022 and then into 2023. Got it. And, um, you know, something that like I'm really excited about with like the the website that I mentioned is that, you know, I feel like these are complex issues that the that the series is kind of dealing with. You know, it's tough to explain the complexities of like somebody who's not native claiming they're native, like every angle of that in two minutes. But um, with the website, um, I made it a point to have each, um, each video has like a, on a corresponding page with links to resources that can allow you to like do kind of a deeper dive. Um, so if you like, you know, watch the short about sports mascots, and you feel like, oh, okay, this is really interesting, but I really want to know more about like why sports mascots who are native are maybe not the best thing. There's links to like uh, you know uh, uh, like a bunch of really great um, you know resources and think pieces and things like that that can allow you to like kind of learn a little bit more about it, as well as um, uh, links to you know different nonprofits and organizations who are native that are great people to donate your money to. You know, so I think that like that's kind of now that yeah, I mean when I made, when I first made. When I made the first short of this series, I didn't necessarily think it was going to be anything outside of this, like, you know, one comedy short that I made. But now that it's like, you know, sort of blown up and gotten really popular and they've gotten like millions of views on social media and, you know, been distributed by Comedy Central. I'm like, oh, maybe I could use this as like a good to kind of use this as like a first step that can allow people to maybe like learn a little bit more about these issues. So, yeah, definitely go to gone and check all that stuff out. And uh you know share it on the socials and uh yeah and, uh, and thanks again for having me on to talk yeah. about yeah it. no that's
1: really awesome Absolutely. yeah I, I will admit i had not clicked through and i'm like oh man this is so smart yeah like yeah it's like having actual like um not that yeah it, just having actual resources is uh is awesome
2: and, and it's been really cool to see like over the past i mean the, the the original shorts that came out you know a few years ago as well as the more recent shorts is like i've gotten emails and like you know DMS from like school teachers who've told me like that they're screening it for their classes and, you know, sharing it around. Um, like one of the, one of the shorts is about how, um, like 87% of us schools don't teach native history after 1900. And, um, this is basically about like all the dumb things that you learned in school, like how to play hot crossed buns on the recorder when you didn't learn that just native people still exist. There's more than one tribe, you know, like that kind of stuff. So, you know, the hope is that like, you know, I know these are just, like, silly comedy shorts, but the hope is that um, it may be, like, you know, plant some seeds to kind of increase actual, you know, education around these issues.
1: Yeah. Well, they, they like, are, you know, they're, like, great in that, like, they communicate quickly and clearly, like, what's happening, which is, like, not easy for people to do, I feel like, you know. So, they're fucking great. Awesome. Thank you for making them. Thanks uh, yeah. thanks for, and everyone go watch, gonative.tv.
0: Yeah. yeah, maybe... If you're like an HR manager at a job, maybe it'd be good for you to watch. And, for real, you no. Know?
2: <laughs> yeah, Or just like a person that likes comedy. I don't know.
1: Also, they're crammed with jokes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Dope. Um cool. Awesome. Yeah.
0: Um, that's it. We're just doing a wonder today, y'all, because we had so much good stuff to talk about. End of strike. All Joey's cool projects. So, just keeping it breezy. Again, if you want to hear about uh, more in detail about the big WGA membership meeting that happened. Uh, Once the agreement was tentatively accepted. (laughs) Is that what it was called? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, Once the agreement was like there, uh, Andrew and I are going to be detailing that uh, in our bundle exclusive as part of our Picket Cast series. So go to suboptimalpods.com to subscribe to that. There's lots of different ways to support. We appreciate all of you.
1: Uh 323 389 7223 That's 323389 Race. Um, I don't know, social media. It's social media, it's fine. Oh yeah, and follow me on social media at Joey on TikTok, uh,
2: Twitter slash X and Blue Sky. And then follow me on Threads and Instagram at Joey Cliff with five or six eyes. There's so <laughs> many social media accounts that I have to have. It's so annoying.
1: <laughs> Just yeah, I don't know. Follow me on the yes, social media. absolutely do that.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much to our guests. Thank you, Joey. Yeah, thanks uh, for being here, man. Thank you, everyone. Thank you to the great world of role-playing.
1: Ooh, Um, we love (laughs) it.
0: Oh. Thank you to all the dragons. Okay. Peace. Peace. (laughs) That's it. This is Suboptimal.